This is the Colin Savage Podcast, a podcast where I talk about politics and pop culture, hosted by me, Colin Savage. For today's episode, I am interviewing a former TikToker, Keaton Hill, also known as the Angry Leftist. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Okay, um, before we start, would you like to introduce yourself and tell the audience about yourself? Um, I'm Keaton Hill. Um, I studied political science at Sacramento State University. I graduated in 2019 um, with my BA in political science and a minor in history. Um, I'm currently still in Sacramento. Um, anything else? <laughs> um, that that can be all for the, introdu- the introduction. Okay. Um, my first question is, what is your political affiliation and how do you identify politically? Um, well, in terms of my political party affiliation, I'm a registered Democrat. I've always been a registered Democrat. Um, but in terms of m- my more ideological affiliation, um, it's a bit more of a complex question. I've, I've never really put a label on it. I would say I definitely am much more on uh, the progressive left, especially by American standards. Uh, I've been referred to as an anarcho-socialist, but I don't usually refer to myself as that. But I usually just refer to myself as like a blanket progressive. All right. Um, would you say, um, would you ever support a socialist revolution if there ever was one? Yes. All right. Um, I got, so with that being said, how close is America from transferring from a capitalist society to a socialist society? How, how far off do you think we are? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think we're a bit more far off than I would like to admit. Um, I think it will require more advancements in technology, probably more AI, more people losing their jobs, less jobs available. Um, you know, people will need a, a universal basic uh, minimum income. And if they don't get that, which we, they probably won't in, in America as, as it is now, uh, that could potentially um, be the catalyst for a revolution. Would you predict in the next 50 to 100 years that America will be a socialist country? I, I could see it in within that time frame, yes, 50 to 100 years. Now, is social democracy enough? Um, maybe, no, honestly, it really isn't. Um, I was going to say maybe for now, but no, it never really is. What is the most successful example of socialism? Um, do you want like a specific country or anything? Um, well, when I think of the most successful sort of socialist project, I think of um, Eastern Europe during the Cold War and a lot of their public housing policies, uh, which still carry over to this day. If you look at countries, countries in Eastern in the quote unquote former Eastern Bloc that a lot of people denigrate as being poorer or um, less privileged places like Romania, Poland, um, even to this day, because of the socialist uh, housing policies of, of the Cold War era, um, they have much lower rates of homelessness and, and issues such as that than Western Europe has. You know, if you're in uh, Paris or London versus Bucharest, uh, you're going to see a lot more homeless people in Paris and London. So that's interesting. Yeah. Now, for a long time, Cuba was known as a socialist um, success, but now there's uh, people protesting their government now. Is, is it still a social success? Um, I, you know, I, 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 what are you asking? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Cuba was known as a socialist success, but now right. they're 
uh, now they're protesting their government. Are they still a socialist success? Um, I don't know. I don't even know if I agree with the the framing of that question, but um, I I think that the Cuban government has made uh, some missteps. They haven't always um, reformed politically. Uh, they have sort of leaned more towards the police state authoritarianism, and um, I tend to be, like I said, a little bit more anarchic. So they're a bit more authoritarian. So I don't know if I would call them a success, but um, they have some of the uh, finest doctors in the world. So when is government involvement too much government involvement? Um, I think the only time that I find government to be too involved would be in. Um. You're cutting out there. Uh, sorry. I was going to say the only time that I think government really overreaches or is, is too involved would potentially be with, with people's uh, moral compass or their, you know, their personal sort of values or, or things of that nature. Uh, I don't think there's too much government. Uh, there's such a thing as too much government influence in the economy or, um, or in just in socioeconomic policy broadly, it's more of a, a social thing. I don't. I don't really believe in, say, like dictatorship or something like that. So you believe the government should mind its own business when it comes to people's like personal beliefs and like religion and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a better a better route. Although I am skeptical of allowing religion to run free. Um, I I don't believe in in tax exemptions for churches like for, like we have in the United States. Um, what exact type of uh, taxes should churches pay? Like, what are the only taxes they should be able to pay? Um, you still there? For me. Um, I think that um, churches act a lot like businesses, and so I don't see why they shouldn't pay uh, the same taxes that major corporations do according to the size of the church obviously some church organizations like the catholic church are quite large um, and make a lot of money so i don't see why they shouldn't so taxes should pay income tax um i don't i i don't know if that's well income tax is like a personal uh i thought that was an individual thing i guess i guess business income tax yeah all right um speaking of we're on the topic of um money um, I'm getting to the paper. I'm sorry. Um, You're fine. Do you believe capitalism is more harmful to people in marginalized communities? And if so, elaborate. Do I think, do I think capitalism is more harmful to people in large communities? Marginalized communities. Oh, in marginalized communities. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's almost without question um, that especially American capitalism is literally modeled off um, profiting off the backs of people of color. I mean, it initially started with slavery and it's been sort of adapted to work with uh, newer immigrants of, of all kinds, uh, Hispanic immigrants, Asian immigrants. They've all been worked to the bone by our capitalist system. Should capitalism be totally abolished in the United States? Eventually. Yes. Eventually. Now, should the state, as in the government, should the state be abolished? Um, and th this is funny because this is something that I often debate with myself, um, where, where I go back and forth. Um, I, I think ideally, yeah, 
It should be. It should be? Yeah. Um, so if the state is abolished, how should society run through? Like, how should people um, run through as a society? How should it be run? Um, well, I think that when I, when I think of, like, the state being abolished, I think of a more uh, overarching kind of federal government. I've, I've always believed in a little bit more of, um, uh, I get, uh, like, a local sort of look, uh, outlook, feel. Um, I've sort of struggled to articulate this myself, but um, I guess I guess the way I envision it, and this isn't a perfect science for me, is is more of again like a local based, smaller groups, more more focused, you know, because a lot of states and nations have more diverse interests and more um, unique uh, um, individual regional. Um, differences than than people often uh, think. So that's what I think of. So there should be just communities that govern themselves as citizens. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Um. Now, are the Democrats in America left enough? No. No. That's all I have to say. No. 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 What What can the Democrats do to transform the Democratic Party into a farther left party? I mean, they, they like I like I stated before, they need to start expanding and adding more to uh, a universal basic minimum income. Um, sort of how during the pandemic there has been this so the, the unemployment payments, the extended um, childcare credits, the, those type of things. They need to be going way further to the left on and and expanding and uh, giving bigger checks and. Um, taking into account more factors. Uh, we need to have universal health care. I mean, there is so much the Democrats need to do that they're waffling about on. Uh, it's hard to know where to begin. Um, well, was Andrew Yang's um, plan for ba- universal basic income, would you say that'd be enough if he became president and did that? Would that be enough I, when it comes I, to universal I, basic income? I, I think it would be a good start. And, and I'm a bit of a pragmatist on this. Um, I, I don't think it's enough, ideally. But um, f- for now, I guess. I mean, America is so far behind. We have to take what we can get, I suppose. But that's also the wrong mindset. So I'm torn on this. But I think it's a step in the right direction, but not enough. Well, in Canada, uh, every, it's, univers- it's a universal health care system, but if you're a foreigner or an uninsured resident, you have to pay. If America did that, um, should, when America has, has universal health care, should non-insured residents or immigrants have to pay for their health care? No, absolutely not. So if we made that thing for health care, do you think our health care system would be better than Canada's? Probably, yes. Although it's um, okay. almost impossible to say without, you know, having it implemented. But yes, I believe it would be. All right. Um, now, here's a question. Fascism is one of the most extreme ideologies in, white, in right-wing politics. It is believed communism is as far as left as you can get. Can communism ever be as dangerous as fascism? Uh, as dangerous? No, I, I genuinely don't believe it can be. Fascism is rooted in military aggression. Um, and racism and 
nationalism, uh, many of which communism is directly opposed to. You know, people people like to draw comparisons between how both of them can sometimes lean towards the anti-democratic, but a fascist, like, a, a, a fascist dictatorship is much different than a communist one. Right. Because when a, a fascist becomes leader, they basically suspend people's rights, uh, especially for minorities and people in marginalized communities. Exactly. So, so if people so so if a leader like Kim Jong Un, like if 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 the American leader became a dictator like that, would it be any different if fascist was a leader? like Adolf Hitler in the United States. How different would that be? Uh, well, it would be much different. Um, for one, fascism often differs significantly from country to country. If you look at uh, Adolf Hitler versus Mussolini, for example, there's a bit of difference. Um, but uh, so I think in America, that would probably manifest itself in more of a corporate fascism uh, that would be even more diametrically opposed to a communist uh, government than, than even, uh, say, like the Nazis in Germany were, um, we would probably be further to the right on economics. Um, it, would be, it would be almost like corporate slavery, I think. So, yeah, it would be much different, I think, if a communist government came to power in the United States. Uh, they would they would fund public housing, they would provide health care, they would fund education, um, you know, whereas in fascism, education is just a tool to brainwash the masses. Exactly. So, uh, I think it would be quite different, especially in America. All right. That's I think that was a good answer. Thank you. Uh, I like that answer. Um, now. Um, so. Um, I'm looking at my papers. Um, yeah. Should the okay. So, what? Okay. Um, with America's progressive tax system, what percentage of tax should the most wealthiest American Americans pay? Uh, ideally, almost all of it. <laughs> ideally, all, all of it. Ideally, almost all of it. I mean, I guess you would leave them a penny. <laughs> um. Yeah, in, in a perfect world. Um, but I, I guess, you know, again, like I said, I'm sort of a pragmatist, so it would be more of a gradual thing, I guess. But um, I, I really don't, I don't want to leave them any of their money. <laughs> um, well, that comes up with my next question. Do you support a wealth tax? And if so, why? Yeah, I definitely support a wealth tax um, because wealth is something that uh, – tends to accumulate amongst families and small social circles and groups, uh, and it does not spread out despite the lies of trickle-down economics and all that bullshit. Um, excuse my language. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Uh, and um, uh, I do think that... Um, oh my gosh, I lost my train of thought. What, what did you ask me? I'm sorry. Do you, do you support a wealth tax? And if so, why? Oh, yes, I do support a wealth tax because uh, of accumulation of wealth. I think without it, it's virtually impossible to break up some of these dynasties in, in our um, in our oligarchic capitalist system. Should, should Democrats be more like Elizabeth Warren when it comes to supporting a wealth tax or should it just be a split? Should it be a choice for the Democrats to support it or not? 
Uh, I I don't think it should be a choice. I, I think it should be a standard policy of the Democratic Party. That might be me dreaming, but it should be. Yes. Okay. Um, what is the most differing views of conservative and a liberal? What is what is what? Sorry. What is a what is the most differing views of a conservative and a liberal? Oh, the most differing views of conservatives and liberals. Um, yes. I'm really just uh, posturing on social issues. Uh, liberals tend to, and I don't even know if they're really that that left on social issues, but they tend to portray themselves as the candidates of the of people of color of the LGBTQ community. But then in the same breath, liberals will support a lot of the same laissez-faire economic policies that conservatives support that that end up hurting their supposed constituents that they support. So I think it's really just a matter of how they present themselves. They're not that much different. What is a what is the role of a liberal in politics, especially left wing politics? The the role of a liberal, I think, is to shift the Overton window. Uh, to keep the masses from going too far to the left, um, to sort of act as a buffer and, and um, stifle out more of the, the actual left. Um, it's kind of a farce, in my opinion. So to keep them from being socialists, they want to keep them, they want them to be capitalist liberals. Is that what you're saying? Exactly, yes. Right. So... I already asked you. Okay. Um, now, should liberals ever promote socialism to get elected and stay a socialist, or should liberals stay in their own lane, as in a left-wing, um, left-wing opposition to socialists? Wow, that's a good question, and that's that's a tricky one, um, because you know, if a liberal does support socialist policies just to get elected and even stay socialist it's still a matter of well do i really trust you um but at the same time it might be challenging in our system to get actual socialists well it is challenging in our system to get actual socialists elected so i guess in terms of of pragmatism i i would sort of support liberals doing that but at the same time it's never going to be enough so i think as you've you would agree a revolution is probably really the only option. So I'm a bit mixed on that question. So I, I would support it in theory, but would prefer a revolution. Right. Now, um, should socialists ever only be elected by democratic means instead of overthrowing the government to prevent a police state? That, uh, well, it, it really depends on the situation. Um, in America, we don't really have a true democracy. So in countries like, like this, where democracy is manipulated and there's gerrymandering and you have um, basically the Republicans cheating, uh, then yeah, I do support a revolution because once one side cheats, it's not even democracy to begin with. So who cares if you overthrow the government? And I don't like to reference the United States Constitution, but there is a part in the Constitution that says the people have a right to overthrow unjust governments. So perfectly what big. yeah mm-hmm. some some may some people may say what the people on um 
the January 6th insurrection, that was overthrowing the government constitution. Now, personally, I don't believe that. What would be the difference between socialists revolutioning against the government to change the system from conservatives wanting to overthrow the government? Uh, well, because conservatives would want to uh, take away the rights of minorities. Uh, they would want to embolden the rich. Um, they would want to line their own pockets. Whereas I think on the left, uh, a left-leaning revolution uh, would be virtually the opposite. They would go after corporations. They would go after Wall Street. They would use that newfound power uh, to do all kinds of things for good. And they wouldn't marginalize um, minorities. Um, it would be like diametrically opposed. So a conservative revolution is totally way different from a socialist revolution. Yeah, I mean, I disagree with even using the term revolution for conservatism because that's it would be right. it would be counter revolution really. Yeah, uh, and and what happened on January sixth is not protected by the Constitution because the government being sworn in at that point was not unjust. Um, right. So because they're um, because they're uh, certifying the election, so that was not just. You'd say. Yeah, I would not say that was just, especially since, um, and I'm not a Biden supporter, but especially since Biden not only won the Electoral College, but the popular vote as well. So the people clearly did choose him. So that's not unjust. All right. Um, Despite all the lies about a stolen election. Um, if there was any proof of a stolen election, would you support the January 6th insurrection? If there's any proof. If, if there was Proof of that, I actually would, and this sometimes gets, gets me into hot water with people, but I really do believe in that provision of the Constitution that says that uh, unjust governments can be overthrown. I, <laughs> I would not be one of the people in the Capitol, nor would I support um, that government, but technically, and this is why I'm skeptical of the Constitution, because it can be used to protect right-wingers. Um, but yeah, technically in our system, I, I would have to support that. But um, I would probably support a left-wing revolution right after. <laughs> right. Um, when should it be ever be necessary for the government to suspend the constitution of its country? Uh, probably only in the face of uh, something like January 6th, a right-wing uh, unjust counter-revolution or insurrection. Um uh, the threat of white supremacy is probably a good use for that. Um, yeah, that would probably be when I would support that or the rise of basically, like you said, a revolutionary leftist government. That that would be obviously grounds to suspend the Constitution. Should the freedom of speech be absolute? <sighs> uh, no, no. No, no, I don't believe in hate speech. That shouldn't be allowed. And in many countries, it's not. Um, I, I don't obviously I don't support threatening or demeaning speech. Um, I don't support I, I don't think misinformation or lying is protected. Um, that's why perjury is a crime. Um, right. So, yeah, no, I do not support unrestricted freedom of speech. Um. The government be allowed to troll social media apps in their own country when it's different in other countries. When it should there be an the should there should should a country's government have the right to make a, a social media website strictly for that country when it's a privatized social media app or website? 
should uh uh yeah I, I think a country should have that authority i in their own um sphere i i i think i think social media can be incredibly disingenuous and terrifying so i i do support that now you can give your own experience of how that could be terrifying you were popular on tiktok for a while would you say if the government was involved with tiktok would you still be on tiktok um if the american government was involved in tiktok probably not um but i mean ideally the government wouldn't be censoring me because i'm not lying and i'm not saying homophobic racist bigoted stuff um that's ideally when i would want the government to step in but in america obviously i would probably be the target because i'm speaking the truth um because we have such a perverted system like that um but uh yeah how much should the government be involved in the media uh well i've always supported um a government uh a state-funded media um i think even even some of the capitalist democracies have that. I mean, we have Canada has their own, uh, Britain has the BBC, and although those obviously aren't perfect, uh, I do support that. And I've especially come to support that a lot more lately after seeing how our mainstream media has been so captured by corporations and in the case of Fox News by the right wing. Uh, yeah, I've increasingly come to support that, uh, a state role in the media. When would okay, so if the government had its own state media, wouldn't that open the door for the government to lie to its people? Yeah, there's a danger in that. Um, and I do think there has to be oversight of that. Obviously, it can't be some unchecked media. Um, and I don't even know, I haven't quite thought about this enough. I don't even know if I would exactly support a state run media only. Uh, I, I still kind of like the idea of a competitive media market, but I, I, I don't know. I'm changing every day on this issue. So check back with me in six months. <laughs> All right. Um, now next question, should the government be able to ban people from social media websites or should that be up to the social media websites themselves? Um, no, I think, I think. Especially after seeing what happened on January 6th, I really think that the government should be allowed uh, to ban individuals from social media, particularly powerful or wealthy or influential people who could do real damage. I, I do think the government should be allowed to step in. How much should they be allowed to step in? Should they be able to step in fully as in a full ban or should they only be allowed to do things temporarily and allow the website to step in when it's come to a full ban? Um... Gosh, this is, it's tough. Um, I think, I, I, I really do think the government should have the authority for a full ban. Um, maybe we could allow the social media companies some say, but it would be more like a, an appeals process rather than they have an equal say. I, I really do think the state should have more of the upper hand, or, or I guess not the state, but the authorities or the government um, should have more of the upper hand. Uh, All right. In this case, yeah. Um, 
I don't think I have any more questions for you at this time. Do you have any questions for me? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, I think this concludes the interview. Um, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, bye-bye. All right, bye. Bye. This has been the Colin Savage Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Keaton Hill. Until next time, everyone, have a good day.